0: what is up bitcoiners I just sat down with Danny Brewster the CEO of fast bitcoins and we had a great and wide-ranging conversation about how he built his business why fast bitcoins is Bitcoin only and building on the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology like lightning liquid taproot etc but on top of that they are also focused on UX they are also focused on white glove customer service they are also focused on helping. New people not get scammed, taken advantage of, etc. I think it is a beautiful mixture of Bitcoin tech and UX put together. And Fast Bitcoins is an inspirational company, an inspirational on ramp out there. Bitcoiners, make sure to go check out Fast Bitcoins. Go check out Danny and enjoy this conversation. This it's it's going to be a good one. Peace. Yeah. <laughs> Bitcoiners, welcome back to another episode of the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. This is going to be uh, a little bit of a blast from the past. Uh, it's we're recording this a month before it actually goes live, and a lot of amazing stuff is happening with this company. Like I said, I'm across from Danny Brewster, uh, and we are going to be talking about fast bitcoins and everything that's going on there. Danny, welcome to the Bitcoin Magazine podcast. Thank you for having me. Um,
1: long-time reader of Bitcoin Magazine, uh, way back when it
0: all started. Uh, so thrilled to be here. So thanks for having me. So uh, Danny, you know you've been a long-time Bitcoiner, uh, and you are a Bitcoin entrepreneur uh, building. You know I think one of the companies that is making Bitcoin most accessible for you know non-technical normy users who just want to get good money um why don't you kind of just introduce yourself maybe talk about your bitcoin story and you know how you started fast bitcoins
1: okay so um many many people know my story anyway but i'll go over it very quickly it's probably worthy of a film at some point but i discovered bitcoin late 2011 early 2012 and um, moved to Cyprus, lived through the bail-ins, had this stupid idea to go full-time um, into Bitcoin, created a, a company that was doing, uh, was pioneering at the time with things like multi-sig, um, but it was a stupid idea, we was trying to do it far too early, and a lot of the ideas um, are now being created by other companies that we had at that time, uh, or for, to all of the ideas that we had at that time, uh, have since been created and brought to the market um, like multi-signature wallets um, in, into a, a, like personable exchanges, physical buildings where you can go uh, and buy a Bitcoin. It was far too early um, and it was far too early for me. I made a whole bunch of mistakes, hired uh, a lot of the wrong people. The company exploded. I had massive legal battles um, for three years. But during that time, uh, I was fighting Extradition to Cyprus. Um, I sat down and looked at what where I had expended the most resources over the last uh, five years or so of my life, and it was between lawyers and software developers. So I retaught myself how to code uh, and started iterating out a product, which then became Fast Bitcoins. Um, I've still to this day written every line of code in our entire stack that handles the the user accounts, all of our automated trading and liquidity management, the compliance side, um, all the way through to um, the the website interfaces and the the support admin dashboard that that our team now uses. Um, We are growing the development team and we're launching some mobile apps, uh, hoping to get those to market for March um, 2022, uh, including a a Lightning wallet in there. Uh, And we was the first cash to lightning platform uh, in the world um back tail end of 2018 early 2019 when we officially launched um so we've been pushing boundaries um at fast bitcoins especially on the the lightning side um, and as this this podcast is going out after the first of or sorry the eighth of november we have implemented lightning addresses so you'll be able to um, have bitcoin sent to you um, using a lightning address. so whatever your handle is that you set at uh, Fbtc.me, um, people will be able to tip you on Twitter if you include that in your um, bio. Um, it'll be credited to your, your fast Bitcoins wallet and also you'll be able to send from your fast Bitcoins account to uh, lightning addresses at the time. So and we're just continue to add uh, additional payment mechanisms and we've built the company from, from the ground. To be a global business so we want to help create a billion bitcoiners around the world only once we've got that real level of penetration can we start to add additional financial services Um, and that's the the end goal is to to replace the likes of hsbc where people go to for their financial services Um, so we want to create the world's local bitcoin company um, and that's the the moonshot for us
0: so I know that when this podcast does come out, uh, you have a rebrand. You're going to be launching a bunch of new functionality, including that lightning functionality. Can you kind of just talk about like what functionality is present with Fast Bitcoins? What is kind of like your, uh, I guess, your current ideal market and how do people actually use the product today?
1: Okay. Um, we, we have uh, a chain of retail outlets where you can go and take cash. Uh, to credit to your fast bitcoins account, which you can then exchange for Bitcoin, and you can receive those Bitcoin on Lightning, on chain, or via Liquid. And post this podcast, uh, you'll also be able to deposit directly from your bank account uh, across the UK, the European Super Zone, um, Australia. You can already deposit using your um, bank account, but um, and in Australia will be. Uh, processing direct debits for dollar cost averaging, so you can just click and forget, you don't have to manually send payments uh, for for anything, Um, so you'll be able to to dollar cost average um, via the the direct debit service in Australia. We are uh, adding uh, over 40,000 locations in Brazil where you'll be able to go um, to any Boleto Payment service provider and deposit to your fast bitcoins account. We're also integrating um, PICS in Brazil, so people are able to pay directly from their bank account instantly, um, and Loterias uh, as well, where you can go and take cash um, in Brazil. We are registering with FinCEN to go to market in the US. Uh, we're hoping to have all of that done and in place. All of the legwork has been done, um, but we've we've had so much on. Uh, it's looking like January when we'll be available to US users as well Uh, and we'll be doing ACH transfers um, in in the US uh, for payment processing and also as a benefit of all of these changes we can do a simplified KYC process if everything continues to, to go to plan for the UK so you don't have to sign up and use uh, your ID and passport, you can link your bank account, and you can buy it directly from your bank account without having to upload um, passports uh, and selfies and things. Um, we we are also, <laughs> this is a lot of changes, and we've also actually changed jurisdiction as well, um, where we're basing the company from during all this time as well. Um, we, we are also adding the, um, we're making our KYC process, when you have to do KYC, a video interview. Um, So it's a video call with one of our customer service team. Uh, As much as people hate KYC, we all have to do it uh, if we want to be in business uh, to some extent. And even the the light KYC or the soft touch KYC like we can do in the UK with your bank accounts, we're still getting your personal information that we have to store. Uh, We have to know our customers. Um, So we can kick and scream and say, no KYC this, no KYC that. But if we want to build this at scale um, and have um, these types of services available to to everybody, these are unfortunately the the rules that we have to abide by. But what we can do is we can push back at every given opportunity that we feel um, where there's an overreach from the the regulators. And that's one of the reasons why we moved from the UK, or I moved from the UK and moved the business to the Isle of Man. Uh, so we don't have to deal with the fca we deal with the local regulator here but we still get access to the the entire market um, and that was a decision purely taken on the, the the overreach from the fca and their long drawn out process for their registration um and lots i know they're celebrating that 13 14 companies have withdrawn their registration applications um in the in the uk with the fca um, so the the FCA is celebrating that internally, I do know. So so yeah, we moved. Um, and we've got a much better setup here uh, to actually continue to to push forward.
0: So there's a ton there that I want to unpack. You know, first and foremost, like Fast Bitcoins is very different than a lot of other on you know fiat to Bitcoin onboarding, just from like the UX perspective. But two, from a technical perspective. I actually have not and maybe I'm just wrong but I haven't seen an onboarding solution that offers on-chain bitcoin and lightning today all three um so I think that that is really unique and interesting but it's also unique and interesting that you can fund your fast bitcoins account by just going to you know your local market or bodega or something like that give them cash you know they credit your account and then from there you can withdraw the bitcoins I find all of that to be really, really interesting. Can you talk a little bit about like, why did you go with, you know, I guess it started more with like over over the counter cash to Bitcoin and then kind of expand from there. Like what was the impetus of that structure versus like, you know, a Coinbase or something like that where it's much more of like a brokerage account or like a normal fintech app type style or UX?
1: So for me, it was seeing Bitcoin ATMs charging upwards of 20, 30%. And for me, that's absolutely insane um, but the the cash model uh, was great initially, but it, it doesn't scale too well and these are lessons that we've learned in the business um, where we're doing the the payment processing and then merchants can have problems because they go they literally can double their cash flow because people are trying to buy Bitcoin through them now um, so what we what we've done is we've made uh, partnerships with uh, companies like Flexipin. Uh, that have all of this existing infrastructure in place. Um, Loterico's in Brazil uh, and Boleto, where you can take cash uh, as well. So they have this existing payment infrastructure in place for, for handling cash. And for me, it's always important that Bitcoin remains accessible to everybody. And that's why I'm a big proponent of the Lightning Network, because eventually, um, if Bitcoin succeeds and the price of Bitcoin is two, three 300000 Um, And there's plenty of on-chain activity to support those kind of uh, levels. Uh, Transaction fees are going to be high, which is good for the security of the network. But on the the flip side of that, 80% of the world survives on less than $10 a day uh, on income. So we would literally be pricing most of the world out of using Bitcoin. And that isn't what interested me in Bitcoin early on. Um, So Lightning gives us a solution to that so people will be able to still custody their own coins in their own Lightning wallet uh, without having to um, do uh, as many on-chain transactions Um, so smaller amounts of Bitcoin can continue to to be sold, it's still not the, there's always this trade-off between purism which is self-sovereign money that you custody yourself and you huddle it and, and Usability uh, and when you, you're you buying uh, $10 worth of Bitcoin and you're getting less than 20,000 sats, that quickly becomes lost in transaction fees on chain. Um, and like I say, the numbers that I've seen is about 80% of the world survive on less than $10 a day. So I doubt they're going to be buying more than $10 at a time. Um, so these people, for me, should still have access to Bitcoin. And if we can do that through lightning. And through the the cash payment mechanisms in these countries, then that's a great solution, but as a business, we also need to service the people that are already more financially privileged with bank accounts um, and that do have. um, higher levels of income uh, and they can support larger transactions, so we want to provide to, to both markets.
0: Well, it, it definitely is expensive to be poor. And I think the ATM example that you brought up is a, is a really good example of that. And, you know, hopefully Bitcoin can help that because the fiat system just completely rakes, you know, poor people over the coals taking 20, 30, 40% of their um, income all the time just with fees and processing and, uh, you know, money, money grams and stuff like that. Uh, So uh, I'm really, I I can definitely uh, connect to the reasoning there. Uh, It also sounds like, obviously, you know, you, other than from a technical perspective and, you know, why you're building the business this way, you know, you're leveraging the jurisdictional arbitrage that is available in Europe in order to go to the Isle of Man, get away from the UK, which has, you know, horrible kind of practices around Bitcoin businesses um, and, you know, kind of working from there. You you also kind of mentioned that the regulators in the UK were celebrating the companies that like they kicked out of their jurisdiction. Uh, you know, I'm assuming that they're going to have a lot of egg on their face in the future, but um, can you just talk a little bit more about like what the attitude is in U- UK- in the UK, in Europe in general, towards Bitcoin businesses? And like, I guess, you know, where you think these, this is going to go. Um So the attitude is
1: very different across the the entire spectrum from when I first started um, down the crazy rabbit hole of being in a Bitcoin business. Um, Way back when we was trying to get bank accounts and they didn't know or understand Bitcoin and they were scared uh, or it felt that way, but it was just far too risky uh, and To be fair, including probably myself, there was far too many cowboys at the time um, trying to learn on the job um, about all of the the risks and the management of those risks um, for the that would appease the banking sector to to give bank accounts to Bitcoin based businesses. Um, And since then, a lot of service providers are familiar with Bitcoin or they've heard of it. They know what it is. They they understand. but the problem that still faces many businesses is the banking relationships. Because the, the fraud and the compliance departments of these institutions, literally 98% of all of their transactions that they have problems with, there is, in quotation marks, crypto related somewhere. Either that is somebody that's being bought, that's sent money to a platform that they've been scammed on, um, And they've complained about it or somebody's got unauthorized access to somebody's bank account and that money the the first port of call that where the the hacker who's going to try and send funds is to convert that into bitcoin or to some other crypto because it's irreversible beyond that Um, so these people that are dealing with payment frauds and compliance within these large um, banks and payment institutions the overwhelming majority of their issues have crypto somewhere involved within that flow um, so they don't have the best reputation so bitcoin and crypto doesn't have the best reputation in these departments because they just deal with this excuse my language shit every day um, and they're dealing with the the worst side of it that many people try to wa- wash over because it doesn't fit the the latest narrative around bitcoin being transparent and good and um, clean and everything like that but the, the harsh reality is these people that, so they, like we do in our echo chamber, their daily echo chamber is just Bitcoin bad. Um, so when we go to them as a company wanting to to get on board with them so they can provide us with services, their, their instant reaction is no, because why would we bring the, <laughs> the devil on the inside, if you will? Um, but the, the banks that are open to it are gonna, are going to and do benefit greatly um, because we can have the conversations with them. And because we're Bitcoin only, we're also there, therefore less risk uh, for them. We're not pushing speculative assets. We're not pushing questionable securities onto clients or customers. And it's just getting to a point of having these real in-depth conversations. Uh, It's like safeguarding. If, if somebody that's 80 years old signs up with us uh, and she's trying to buy a Bitcoin or he's trying to buy a Bitcoin, we, can, we as a company um, have mechanisms in place to stop that account and speak to that person to ensure that they actually want to buy a Bitcoin. Um, and nine times out of 10, they're trying, somebody's trying to coerce them into buying Bitcoin to send it to them. Uh, but we as a company have um, this moral uh, requirement to stop that person from being ripped off and scammed. And when we have these types of conversations with the, the people that are managing risk and the compliance aspects and uh, the, the payment fraud uh, within payment institutions, um, they're much more open to doing business with us, uh, whereas previously it was just straight out no. So things are changing and getting better. Um, but on also, um, my biggest issue in the UK with the FCA is they as part of their regulatory requirements to make the registration they want every address linked to the business whether that's a hot wallet or a cold wallet address they want to know that information which to me is absolutely insane Um, the only reason why i could think they would want that is because they've got a third party analytical company that wants that information and that data from the regulator um, that so i i said no uh, and we withdrew um, from the from the UK and moved to the Isle of Man uh, where we can literally go and knock on the door of the regulator and have personable conversations and discuss any issues and they don't want every address linked to the business um, so they can give it to um, some analytical company that just wants to hoover all that data up. <laughs>
2: Yo, what is going on, plubs? We're going to take a break from our programming to tell you about the resurrection of our print magazine, starting with the El Salvador issue. Starting this fall, Bitcoin Magazine will be available on newsstands nationwide and at retail stores such as Barnes & Noble. Don't want to get off your couch, though? No problem. You can also go to store.bitcoinmagazine.com. So skip the line and get each issue shipped directly to your front door with our annual subscription. I'm talking four issues a year that contain exclusive interviews and profiles with leading Bitcoiners, actionable insights on the state of the market, breaking news and cultural trends, along with powerful photos and artwork from the best artists in the world. Subscribe today and get 21% off using code podcast at checkout. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T, podcast at checkout.
0: Well, I mean, the the, the hilarious thing about, you know, collecting data to keep customers safe is that one, (laughs) it doesn't keep customers safe, but, and then two, they pretty much just create honeypots to hurt customers. So what happened, and this just, just happened with Coinbase, so it'll be a month ago from when this podcast actually comes out, but they got crypto hacked, and it wasn't because Coinbase itself got hacked. It was because the hackers had the email, the address, and the phone number of all of these customers, and then they played Coinbase's system in order to get access to their accounts. So, like creating the honeypots for this information across the internet and across these internet companies, it's doing a lot more harm <laughs> than good uh, because all it is, is, is it's creating an opportunity for hackers to now, you know, collect that information themselves and then use it against their own customers. So um, it is kind of hilarious. These uh, decrepit <laughs> regulatory regimes still continue to try to push this forward when it, like it's, it's almost like bloodletting during the bubonic plague. It's like, Oh, you have the plague. Let's just spread it around everywhere. It's like, Oh, you're at risk of getting hacked. Well, we're going to need to get all that information. So that way we guarantee it happens.
1: Yeah. A big thing for, for me. And with our approach to compliance is every company, whether we like it or not is subject to the same regulations. And if you want to scale, you're going to have the the spotlight put on you and, and you're, you best either fall in line or get shot down. But what we've decided to do is to really focus on um, taking a real good risk-based approach. So we don't just tar every customer with the same brush. If you're low risk, if you're dollar cost averaging $20 every Friday when you get paid, you shouldn't be treated the same from a compliance perspective as somebody that is trying to buy 100K every day. Um, to dollar-cost averaging 100,000 every day, um, the, the, the risk is very different. Um, and the person dollar-cost averaging $5 or $20 each week should be treated like a low-risk customer. Uh, and they should have a plain sailing, very light-handed um, experience uh, with us uh, as a as a customer. So it's finding those those balances, because unfortunately, whether we like it or not, the these old antiquated regimes still exist. And uh, I think we've got a while to go before the main decision makers are Bitcoiners. Uh, eventually, we'll get there. And Bitcoin, for me, I, I've always said it, is a Trojan horse that eventually, and we're already starting to see it at political level that some politicians are bitcoiners already uh, and eventually the vast majority of those people uh, will be hodlers uh, or be exposed to bitcoin in some way um, or it will play a a key part in their pension fund maybe one day uh, uh, and things like that so they will all fall into line eventually uh, and see it our way
0: Well, I put out a tweet recently, and I said that for once in Bitcoin's history, Bitcoin is now good for business. And I truly believe that that is the case. And I think you brought up that the banks that are taking a chance and getting out of their bubble and working with you and companies like yours, um, they're seeing tremendous benefits from the revenue that comes from Bitcoin and crypto. And I think you can look at companies like Webull, uh, Robinhood, uh, many of these other like, you know traditional fintech companies that are integrating Bitcoin and crypto, and they're seeing that Bitcoin and crypto is generating the majority of their revenue. Um, you know, that Bitcoin is good for business. People want Bitcoin, people want crypto, and these things, you know, will continue uh, to move people forward that embrace them. And again, you brought up the politicians, you know, we're starting to see a lot of politicians, younger politicians, getting an edge against their, um, their you know, the, uh, the the older people that they're they're running against because they are open minded towards bitcoin
1: yeah um, I, comp- I i've been saying for years that that is our pathway um to getting it's the only way that i can see that these antiquated systems will be dispersed uh, and then, because i i'm pretty sure there's not been a time where governments has gone into power, and by the time they've left power, there's been less rules, um, <laughs> uh, especially during this day and age, with everything that is being eroded away when it comes to to rights and, and stuff. But from a rules and regulations perspective, I don't think, well, I can't recall post-Second World War any um, time where a government has ended their time in power with less rules in place um, than, than when they started. So maybe we've got to book that trend and start making government smaller, uh, bit by bit. And eventually we can get some sanity returned, um, to the, to the market.
0: Yeah. I mean, again, not to go on a tangent here, but I, I believe that, you know, from a historical perspective, we are at the moment, you know, we are a few years after Martin Luther, um, you know, nailed the, uh, his complaints against the Catholic Church, against uh, a, a church door, um, and you know, empowered by the printing press, really started the separation of church and state and the uh, mass literacy across Europe. And I think that Bitcoin is going to separate money and state, and it's going to be the, the catalyst for mass financial literacy across the globe. Uh, so I think that that is exactly where we are in history, and that's where it kind of maps to uh, this leg le- leg up in the the march of human progress. Uh, and I'm excited for it because the the fiat system, the the money state system that are combined together, like it's starting to really <clears throat> pull people down. It's 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 harming human uh, human potential more than it is actually enabling.
1: Yeah, uh, what well, I've even this week um, it's just like no. trying to think of the the best way to, to put it it's, it's enlightening um sometimes when you speak to people from different backgrounds because we've recently um hired or started to hire the the members of the customer service team uh for the brazilian market and a lot of them are from brazil that they are based already here uh, but there's one of the guys um that started this week actually and when i was speaking to him he was like when i was a young youngster his dad was uh would get paid and on the day that he got paid in brazil this was they the family had to go out him brothers sisters mum and the the dad that got paid and they had to go shopping on the day he got paid and they had to run around the shop and grab the the items that they wanted as they was repricing them every day because of inflation so they would have to get to them or try and get to them before they put the increased price sticker on and they had to go sh- uh, food shopping on that day for the entire month because the wages at the start of the month when they got paid by the time if they'd waited till the end of the month they would probably get a quarter or half of the shopping or the food shopping um, that they would have got on that day when they got paid um, so that's somebody that has gone through that real life experience of hyperinflation i'm originally from the uk i lived through Cy- uh, the the Bailins in cyprus personally um, where they recapitalize the banks by haircutting 50% of everything over 100K in people's bank accounts. Um, whilst people may say, oh, they, they tax the rich if you've got more than 100K in your account. But the problem is, if you're a business and you've got 200K in your account and your payroll is due the next day and they take 50% of everything over 100K, you can't make your payroll. Um, and it was insane just to actually watch that whole process. Um But the original proposal in Cyprus was, um, I think it was 8% of everything over 1,000 euros in people's bank accounts. But the people got a bit irate. So eventually they settled on 50% of everything over 100K. Um, But just to even just be there and watch that, uh, it just opens your eyes that um, these things do still happen in the world. um, And that with inflation, and these people will get Bitcoin more. Um, and these people are already financially literate, if you will, um, because they've these real life or real world experiences that they've gone through, um, that maybe we take for a little, or I did take for granted being from the UK where the financial system is pretty stable. It's the same in the US uh, as the world's reserve currency. Um, The the dollar is probably failing less, quickly or a little bit slower than other currencies around. Um, So people in the U.S. don't have that lived experience unless they've lived it elsewhere. Um, So the the whole financial literacy thing, I think, we're we're all, because of the comfort that a lot of people live in, they're either ignorant to it or naive to it, um, but we've got a way, uh, some way to go. Um, I don't think it's going to be the next two or three years when suddenly the world wakes up and thinks, oh, yeah we best learn what money is uh, and how it works and why it works this way. Uh, I think a lot of people are going to get, get a, the education forced upon them. They're going to have to learn the hard way, which is going to be sad. Um, and I'm pretty sure a lot of Bitcoin Twitter uh, will be sat around reveling in it um, because they'll all think they're geniuses.
0: Yeah. I mean, uh, the have fun staying poor meme, I think that ultimately if you don't, if you don't jump over to Bitcoin, you know that's it's you're gonna you're gonna experience it the hard way, like you just said. Um, but with that being said, like Bitcoin in 2021 is a lot more obvious to more people than it was to most people prior to that. You know, um, 2020 opened up the eyes of folks like Michael Saylor, who then opened up the eyes of so many more people. So, like the need for Bitcoin, I feel like, is really becoming more and more obvious even though the majority of people don't think about money very much and i don't think most people will go down the rabbit hole i just think that most people kind of go with the flow and eventually bitcoin's just going to be the flow
1: yeah the i think a lot of people that have come into this space they've gone Uh, a lot of people from 2020 with everything with the pandemic and the way that the world shut down and people went from going to work from nine to five to having a lot of time on their hands and a lot of people jumped onto Robinhood there was all of that with the the GameStop stuff Um, it all got a lot of attention Robinhood um, these types of platforms just created a whole new class of speculators um, and if one percent of these people stick around for the movement, they came for the, the gains and stuck around for for the actual movement. Then I think it's a it's a good step forward. Uh, but the vast majority are just looking to get rich quick or to to find financial freedom, which I think give them one uh, Bitcoin winter uh, and they'll soon lose the the appetite for it. But I think it's going to take a lot longer than than what people um, that live in the echo chamber uh, think. But then on the other hand, uh, with things like dollar-cost averaging that that we offer uh, and other companies around the world in the US, like Swan and uh, Get Bitter in Europe, um, those sorts of platforms are gonna allow people to remain specialized in their own job and stack Bitcoin. They don't need to become a degenerate gambler. They don't need to be sat with three monitors with charts on one, the exchange on another, and uh, uh, Twitter on another, trying to just constantly refresh it to um, to stay ahead of the market, trying to time the market, sleeping two hours a day. These people just need to continue doing what they're good at and stacking Bitcoin with what they can um, as frequently as they can. I think that will be a, a much better approach to growth in. Bitcoiners or the amount of Bitcoiners around the world.
0: No, absolutely. And like, again, I think that that, that's the beauty of Bitcoin is that like saving is broken. The only way to save is to diversify and speculate on other assets. And Bitcoin fixes this by fixing money. You know, Bitcoin hits all the boxes on what good money is. uh, And, you know, ultimately, it's making saving great again which I think is like what the world is missing. Like, again, like speculating on assets is a privilege, right? And it has become necessary. So that way you lose unless you have that privilege in 2021. And the majority of the world does not have that privilege. And even you in the UK or someone in Europe, unless they have access to American equities, they have access to subpar equities as it is from a global perspective. So I really do think like, Bitcoin is offering this leveling uh, and this uh, fairness to the entire planet. And, you know, services like the one that you're building uh, that really try to, like, build a UX that is palatable for the largest, you know, denomination of people, um, you know, are critical to to bringing that lifeblood back to society. Yeah,
1: the- I think, like I said, we've got so so far, so much to do and so much to build. I wish more people would do it. Um, I understand why people don't try and build because it's an absolute. One year in Bitcoin is like ten years in any other industry, um, and your reputation, as I've personally found out, can just be shredded overnight, um, pre- pretty uh, pretty quickly, and it takes a lifetime to build that back. Um, fortunately for me um it, it's not too bad these days um and people are more uh open to me than what they would have been say four or five years ago uh being back in or i never really left but back in the space uh publicly building something um with the same vision of just trying to bring bitcoin to more people around the world um which is what i started out trying to do um way back when so but even this, I've had this conversation before about like purism and product and most of the world need a product whereas but as a as a bitcoiner we've got all of these ideals which it's like being self-sovereign and all of that um custody in your own funds uh, and the, the actual easier products are so like centralized and there's companies that clearly just want to capture as much of people's money and assets and to hold on their balance sheet um, as possible in custody but there's part of me that is like torn between this pure we want people to to custody their own bitcoin and it's just trying to build the products that fit these people that probably aren't best holding all of their own keys but doing it in a way that it's easy for them to, to wrap their head around. Um, it's trying to bury the actual Bitcoin technicals um, under a layer of user interface. There's just so much to do. Um,
0: there is. And and just to kind of agree with you a little bit, like Bitcoins are idealists. I call Bitcoin Maximus Bitcoin best practices right? They're into yeah. the Bitcoin best practices and they're really mad at everyone who isn't. But the reality is like, you don't have to use Bitcoin in, with the best practices and most people won't. And it's just, you know, it's more or less a matter of time for people to actually adopt those best practices. Uh, And I, I think that this is a harsh way to put it. But like as a Bitcoiner and a Bitcoin maximalist and someone who runs a Bitcoin media company and is in Bitcoin all the time, most Bitcoiners are pretty darn delusional with how mass adoption is going to look like and what people actually need from a product usability perspective and what adopting Bitcoin looks like in a fiat world today, just because they're not gonna go, you know, they're not gonna go full sovereign KYC free cypherpunk on day one. Like that is a massive, massive journey. And it's gonna take a long time for, you know, even a significant, still small percentage of people to buy into that.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but it, it's taking these baby steps without having your name pulled through the mud. Um so we as a company we're looking at products that can take our customers on that journey from day one from entering the 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 start of the rabbit hole and we can give them or build them the products that enable them to transition into that idealist um, bitcoin first principles um, life if you will um, so as a company that's what we're trying to build uh, to give all of these people Um, access and even things like our merchants that we have on our merchant network can accept bitcoin payments over lightning and they have been able to since the beginning Uh, but there's no business to be built there in payment processing because one there's not enough people spending bitcoin just yet and uh, we need to create many hundreds of millions of more bitcoiners before that even becomes a thing and most people that I see um espousing like bitcoin best principles don't even live bitcoin only themselves um they they still pay for their bills they still live day to day um in a fiat world and also for me a big thing is if the world if I if i went to bed tonight and woke up tomorrow morning and the world was on a bitcoin standard and it had happened overnight because everything had collapsed that isn't a world i'd actually want to live in um that would be a, a horrible place to live um and the people with bitcoin if bitcoin is the savior at that point i i wouldn't want to be known as one of the has uh, or has got um in that in that world when everybody else has the the want need and desire desire to to take that from the people that have got it um it would be quite a hell hellish landscape um to to wake up in so i think It's finding that balance between moving into a Bitcoin standard um, and actually waking up on the Bitcoin standard
2: tomorrow. Yo, my fellow Bitcoin lovers, have I got something specifically curated for you. The Deep Dive is Bitcoin Magazine's premium markets intelligence newsletter. This isn't some pay group shelling buy and sell signals. No, this is a premium Bitcoin analysis led by Dylan LeClaire and his team of analysts. They break down in an easily digestible way what is happening on-chain, in the derivatives markets, and in the greater macro backdrop context for Bitcoin. This newsletter turns volatility into a joke. So hit up members.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code podcast for 30% off the deep dive. That's members.bitcoinmagazine.com promo code podcast for 30% off. Divorce your pay group and learn why Bitcoin is the ultimate asset by Dylan and his team. My fellow clubs, the Bitcoin conference is back. Those are stackable. So go to B.tc forward slash conference and attend the best conference in Bitcoin history. Yeah,
0: I mean again, I, I think it's gonna be a messy, messy journey. Danny, you know, give us a sneak peek of like what's coming for for fast bitcoins and, and I guess, you know, what's what's kind of next. What can the, the Bitcoiners out there get excited for?
1: so we've got everything i i'm we're going mobile first and put like lightning first if you will so every buy from us will just be delivered instantly on the lightning network and we're going to provide uh, a lightning wallet in a our mobile apps for our for our customers so people will be able to do the whole pay the pay the bill in the, the merchant retailer that can accept Lightning and they can either pay it from their Lightning balance or from their wallet balance that they they hold um, in the Fast Bitcoins app, or it can be just pulled straight from their bank account uh, to settle that bill. Um, or they can stack from their from their bank account uh, directly into their Lightning wallet. And if they want to send that off chain, we'll do the swap uh, and they'll be able to, to settle off chain as well. We are also looking um, at, we have a, another brand that we're launching as well, called Freehold Capital, which is like the high net worth uh, family office um, type client. But we're also dealing with IFAs there uh, because IFAs um, are stuck between a rock and a hard place when it comes to Bitcoin because they a lot of them, depending on where they are in the world, can't give advice on Bitcoin um, because of the regulatory landscape. But then on the other hand, they're averse to referring them to other platforms because then they're just going to be sold or shilled some crap um so we're building the relationships with these ifas for their clients to be able to come to us in confidence and get informed in a balanced way so all of the positives the negatives because bitcoin isn't perfect and uh the the risks involved so they can start to get off zero for their clients uh, and start making an allocation to Bitcoin. And because we're not going to shill them the next best thing or some crappy uh, shitcoin, that the IFAs are really open to that uh, relationship uh, to send people our way. So we're building that as well. And as part of that, we're working uh, or playing around with this point with uh, what Taproot enables. So for Multi-sig uh, custody, we can take a, a much longer-term approach um, to uh, multi-sig custody for these types of clients. And hopefully that will also pass through into fast bitcoins as well uh, as that landscape matures. Uh, and we, well, we we figure out internally what more we can build um, with the developments on both Lightning and the, the Bitcoin protocol itself.
0: Danny. This was a great conversation. I had a great time just uh, getting to learn a little bit more about you, about Fast Bitcoins, the challenges that you're overcoming uh, in order to build this Bitcoin onboarding process, our product, and I mean, it's really awesome to see you and your your company kind of walk the tightrope of like UX and then Bitcoin best practices. So I, I definitely think that uh, Fast Bitcoins is doing that. You know, in the top of the league, right? There's so many exchanges and on ramps out there. Most are not Bitcoin native. Most don't take Bitcoin best practices, or most are not on the cutting edge of Bitcoin technology. And it's really, you know, awesome to hear about, you know, how you're both kind of respecting and trying to work with that new person, but also, you know, you're not compromising on Bitcoin's technology and, and its potential. I,
1: I think there's some great actors in the space, um, but you only have to look at what they offer. Um, to, to determine um, whether whether or not they're, they're good or bad or, or what their approach is. Um, I, I still say right now, if, if your platform hasn't or isn't implementing lightning, you're just trying to capture people's Bitcoin to hold on your platform period. Um, lightning is the only way that the vast majority of people are going to be able to move those funds around in the future um, if they're not rich. So for me, A lot can be said with the the things that you're developing. Um, If if you're not a shitcoin casino, uh, there's some great companies out there. I love what River are doing. They're they're amazing, they never seem to put a foot wrong. Um, The Relay out of Switzerland, um, Get Bitter in Europe, Um, those types of, uh, and Swan are amazing when it comes to their marketing. Um, Their whole, play that they've got going on uh, Zebedee with the the lightning payments in games and stuff there's just so many amazing people building amazing stuff and this is a, a global opportunity that everybody's got to build something uh, that can add value uh, and create Bitcoiners uh, just wish more people would do it even if it does require a little bit of insanity um, to, to stay on the, the roller coaster all the way through.
0: You know every single day more and more people are doing it, uh, and it's because of the builders that came before them, like yourself. Danny, why don't uh I want to give you a chance for a last word for the Bitcoin magazine audience and uh, maybe even a plug for where people can learn more about you, fast bitcoins, and everything you're building
1: um i'm I'm not so entertaining um, apparently, I'm a bit ignorant on Twitter or arrogant um or a bit of an ass, if you will, to stupid people. But the, the best place to, to catch up with what we're doing is at FastBitcoins on Twitter, at FastBitcoins on Instagram. Our social media guy is massive on the memes. I love what he's doing. Um, we're taking a leaf out of Swan's book. Um, the, the company FastBitcoins.com, we have Freehold.Capital, uh, which is more targeted at um, family offices and corporations, uh, larger institutional um, type investors. But fastbitcoins.com is what we're doing. We've got a blog uh, that you can access from the website. Um, when this goes out, it should look very different to what it looks like today. Uh, and I'm really excited about the the new branding and the new approach and the lightning centric aspects of that as well.
0: All right, Bitcoiners. Well, you heard it here. Uh, we got the sneak peek of what is happening next for Fast Bitcoins. And uh, again getting to meet one of the uh, oldest and truest builders in the space for the first time. So again, I've been a fan Danny for a long time and uh, really great having you back on the show. We'll have to get you back on the show in a few months uh, to check in on, you know, how things are going with the international expansion, uh, the, the, uh, the high net worth individual products and uh, all the other features that you're rolling into the app. Yeah.
1: Exciting times ahead for, for everybody.
0: Y'all, so uh, Bitcoiners out there, make sure to go follow Danny. I actually just gave him a follow on Twitter too. So he may be an ass, but most Bitcoiners are too, uh, to the stupid folks out there on Twitter. And uh, you can follow me on Twitter at CK underscore snarks. Always trying to push out some signal there. Uh, follow Bitcoin Magazine at Bitcoin Magazine and go to BitcoinMagazine.com. Danny, I hope that you can make it over to Bitcoin 2022 as well. So uh, that's going to be a great time. And all the listeners, make sure to go get your Bitcoin 2022 ticket today. While they are still cheap, you can use promo code Satoshi to get yourself 10% off.
1: Awesome. I'm looking forward to Bitcoin 2022. Um, the, the the whole growth of that event has been insane. Uh, and it's now almost like a mecca
0: Um It's the pilgrimage. That's what what we're trying to do. It's the Bitcoin pilgrimage. Uh, And this year, again, it's coming back to Miami. So all the Bitcoiners, go to Bitcoin22. Go follow Danny. Peace.